Section 19 of the American Bee Journal, Volume 6, Number 4, October 1870. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The American Bee Journal, Volume 6, Number 4, October 1870, by Various, Queen Raising, Experience and Observations. Too early last spring, I commenced by artificial means to raise queen bees. Using only about a pint of bees, they became chilled during the night and would cluster in the top or corner of the hive, deserting the larva and the unhatched young. This was in March. During the latter part of the month of April, however, I succeeded admirably in hatching them, but two-thirds were lost on their wedding tours. I had as many as six queen cells which were to hatch on a certain day. I was not home on that day, but returned late in the evening, and on examining number one, a full colony, I found the queen had just emerged, the cap or end of the cell still clinging by a small particle of wax, and the queen on the same frame within a few inches of the cell. Number two had also hatched during the day, appearing to be a few hours older. Number three was then visited, which was in a nucleus, and I found only two worker bees in the hive, the queen cell being still perfect. I had the evening before given this nucleus some strained honey, in a bungling manner, and did not contract the entrance of the hive as I should have done, and they were robbed. My wife, early in the morning, noticed unusual activity at this hive. The little family, I suppose, had helped to remove their limited stores to the hives of the robbers, and taken up their abode there, as usually occurs in these cases. But to return to our queen cell, I removed it carefully and opened the end of it, when, to my surprise, out crawled the queen on my hand. Some honey was given to her, and in a few minutes she was quite lively. She was then introduced to a queenless colony, and was well received, but was lost going out on the eighth day. Number four was not examined until the next day, when a nice Italian queen was moving amongst the workers, with as much dignity as belongs to one not yet having attained her majority. After an interval of about three days, I examined the hive and saw the queen every day until about the eighth, when late in the evening, after sunset, on examination, I found she was gone. On closing the hive, the bees came running out and showed all the signs of having recently lost their queen, such as are often seen, but kept up that distressing search by crawling over the hive and on the ground in its immediate vicinity until after dark. The hive was again examined with great scrutiny on the following morning, and she was not there. At eleven o'clock, a natural first swarm issued from a hive of native brown bees in the apiary, and after flying around for five minutes, clustered on the stem and at the root of a cherry tree. I proceeded to hive them, and when half the swarm had passed into the hive, I saw the black queen march in. Only a few minutes more elapsed before all of the bees had gone in, except a little ball or lump the size of a partridge egg near the root of the tree. I stirred them up with a stick, thinking they were not cognizant of the fact that their queen had gone in, and the house was prepared and ready for them, but they had no disposition to disengage themselves. Taking the ball of bees in my hand, I examined them, and found that they were clumped around my lost Italian queen. I dropped them in a pan of water, when everyone let go its hold, and the queen was free and apparently unharmed. 
I returned her from whence she came, and in a few minutes the grieved family were buzzing their joyful wings at her return. In a subsequent examination on that day, she was crushed between two frames. The question arises, how she came to be with this native colony? I have my surmises, but will leave others to judge for themselves. My experience has been that more Italian queens get lost in their attempts to meet drones than native black or brown queens. Of the superiority of the Italian or Ligurian workers, of their disposition, as well as that of the hybrids, I will speak at some other time. Did it ever occur to you, if the yellow-bearded Italians were natives of our country, and we had been used to looking at them all our lives, and the black ones were just now discovered and introduced, what praises would be heaped upon the dovetails? Campbell uttered a truism when he said, "'Tis distance lends enchantment to the view. But do not set me down against the yellow jackets. I have not been giving them a fair trial for two years, or rather an unfair one, for I have tried their strength and weaknesses in dividing and subdividing, and when they are reduced to almost a handful, they work with a heroism really commendable. And right here, I wish to say that if I think the Reverend Mr. Briggs, whose article appeared in a former number of the journal, alludes to queens sent out by Mr. Alley of Massachusetts and deems them not reliable by reason of their low price, he is mistaken. I ordered one from Mr. Alley, and through a mistake, he sent me two, either one of which or their workers will compare favorably with those of anybody. They are not, indeed, as long or as large as your index finger, but I have queens in my yard from various sources, and among them, these are the prettiest. Time only will prove the working qualities of the laborers they produce. William P. Henderson Murfreesboro, Tennessee, August 31, 1870. Note, the Italian queens are, from their brightness of their color, a much more shining mark when on the wing than black queens. Hence, when out on their excursions, they are more liable to be snapped up by birds, and doubtless many are thus lost every year. Southern beekeepers probably suffer more from this circumstance than their northern confreres as insectivorous birds are more abundant with them. In some portions of Italy, the Ligurian bees were cultivated for centuries, side by side with the common or black bees, yet the difference between them as regards color or quality seems to have attracted no attention. But it must be borne in mind that bee culture fell into decay there after the fall of the Roman Empire, passing into the hands of a rude and ignorant peasantry. Whereas the superiority of the Ligurians and Cecroprians was well known and appreciated in the classic period of the nominal republic, since the revival of the bee industry in Italy, to which it has largely contributed, the Ligurian bee has measurably recovered its pristine favor and is getting to be preferred everywhere. Editor The yield of honey by various plants and trees depends not only on the character of the season, but also the kind of soil on which they grow. End of section 19